Hi, this is Kalyan Karmakar, and welcome to a fresh episode of Foodocracy for Her, uh, which is a series where I speak to uh, women in the Indian food and beverage uh, industry. And there's another series which I do, which is called Foodocracy Kitchens, where I speak about the food of uh, uh, people from different communities of India. And in a way, I can see a bit of a synergy happening in this today because our guest today is Sneha Sinapati. Uh, she's a Oriya home chef, and uh, she's now based in Mumbai. And I've been eating a lot of her food and uh, during the lockdown and Oriya food. And I've been talking about it. In fact, I think I started my Foodocracy Kitchens uh, series uh, with a story on uh, her cooking. So today we're going to talk to her uh, in Foodocracy for her, but also a bit of Foodocracy Kitchens. I know it's it sounds confusing, but it'll all come together. So welcome on board, Sneha. So, so Hi, good to Kalia. see you. Thank you so much. So uh, you're, you're a Kotok, Kotok girl. Yes. <laughs> like, like uh, I think uh, Netaji Shivachandra was also born in uh, Katak, right? Yes. So I was born in Katak, but I have been mostly brought up in Bhubaneswar. Hmm. So my maternal uh, grandparents and mama, mama body is always in Katak. So, and um, my, my mother's side is also like Bengali. So I have a confluence between Bengali and Oriya. Oh, so you're half Bengali, so, half Orissa. I would say twenty-five percent because my grandmother was Bengali, married to an Oriya, so twenty-five percent Bengali and seventy-five percent Oriya. Okay, so so which means that uh, you know when you when you sit for uh, you know when you're having rasagulla, you'll have one pahala rasagulla, then maybe twenty-five percent of a Calcutta kesidas, then again one. <laughs> that's quite a bad. Well, for starters. I don't like sweets, so I'm saved from that. <laughs> so that's one thing. And uh, most of my family is based out of Katak itself. Not too much. Uh, no one in West Bengal or Calcutta as such. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, Bhubaneswar is the capital of Odisha, right now. Yes. But but Katak is uh, considered to be at least the culinary uh, capital of Odisha. Is is that right? So, um, actually, that is right to a lot extent, but uh, in Odisha, every region has got its own speciality, whether it's uh, food in terms of veg, non-veg, or, uh, you know, sweet dish, because every place has a sweet dish which is particular to them, and they are very, very proud about it. So, yes. uh, for example, like you say, the Pahara Raskola, is, it's like between Bhubaneswar and Katak, that is very famous. Then it's you a have highway, Nibakora, right? It's, yes, it's a highway. It's a highway. Yeah. So I've, I've, I've not gone there, but I've, I've tasted okay. my friend Amit Patnaik's mom had sent it uh, over. I've been to Puri in uh, 1881 as a kid, uh, you know, when I was in Calcutta. That's a long time. <laughs> I, I, was going to, uh, I was going to go to Odisha in, uh, my plan was to go this year in 2021. And then the pandemic uh, uh, happened. So I, I went to Puri in 1881. And I was planning a trip. In fact, I was discussing a lot with uh, uh, you know, Rohit, who's based in Punesh and this thing. We planned everything, but it's it's going to happen. But till then, uh, Sneha, tell us uh, a bit about uh, the food of Orissa. So Sneha, Sneha tell us oh. a bit about the food of Orissa. Can, is it possible to uh, describe it uh, in one go, or are there layers to it? Well, I can speak from whatever experience I have. So, like I said, that I was mostly, you know, born and brought up, born in Katak and brought up in Bhubaneswar. And um, my maternal village, it is in Mayurbhanj. And paternal village is near Puri, which is Nimapada. So, all these places are like hotspots for food and different kinds of food, you know. Uh, when I see, uh, like, uh, Katak, like rightly said, all the street food, right from Dahiwada Aludam, you know, your aloo chop and the bora agugni that you had written about. So all those things, all those memories come from Katak. And my mother, she used to tell me when she was expecting me, she, they used to have this huge, uh, like, uh, street food party every evening with all these things. So Katak is very famous for all these things. And they are also very famous for the chicken chap, which is a like, Mughlai style of chicken that they prepare, and biryani. So they're very, very like, like extreme foodies you find in Katak and very old uh, Chinese restaurants, typical Chinese restaurants. That is also 
that you'll some you'll find something in Qatar. So other other, now, other, uh, other Chinese restaurants are run by Chinese families, like you have in Jamshedpur, Calcutta. Yes. So yes. You know, hmm. Yes. So uh, yeah, there are two two very famous. One was called Hong Kong. The other was called Nanking, and they make such fabulous food. Like you would, you can almost uh, relate it to the Links Pavilion kind of you know experience. So that's 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 how it is over there. It's I I, I can sort of I, I can relate to that because uh, you know I went to Jamshedpur just before the lockdown, and I uh, ate at a place called Frank's, which is run by a Chinese family originally from Calcutta, and and that food in that place was like. You know, it it was so uh, wonderful. In fact, it's better than what I've had in Calcutta in recent times in in the Chinese restaurants there. Like the quality of the pork, the the flavoring of the fried rice, and everything was brilliant. And no matter how much you try, you can't get that taste somehow. Even if you like uh, use the same kind of ingredients or method or whatever, but that smell and that that taste is absolutely different. I mean, nothing beats that. And uh, so that was Katak for me. And then if I talk about Nima Pada, Nima Pada again is very, very famous for a sweet dish called Chena Jili. It's basically cottage cheese and it's like made into small dumplings and it's fried and then it is dipped in um, the sugar syrup. From the outside, it looks like a flat gulab jamun, but when you dig into it, it is um, the Chena. It's not the, the other like the dough. So, so it's, uh, sorry, uh, sorry, Sneha. So then it's a bit different from in, in Calcutta in the sweet shops. We have something called uh, Chanar Jilipi, which is slightly dark brown in color, like a pantua. And they, it's an attempted whirl. You know, it's it's not just flat. There's a bit of a whirl. So you're saying this is different. This is different. This is like a small, uh, like it's exactly like a dumpling, flat dumpling. Mm. It's deep fried and it's then dipped in that sugar syrup. And it's mm. like famous for that particular area. So there's so there's more to Odia sweets. There. So there's more to Odia sweets than uh, the Pala Rasavalla or even the uh, Chenapura. A lot. Yeah. A that's lot. all yeah. people know. Then there's a khaja. I remember as a, as a kid in Puri going Indeed. and enjoying the khade, khaja at the uh, temple. You know, I was, I was very small. I was I was like maybe um, seven or eight years old, and and we just come to India, so everything was new. And and the two memories I have is the khaja because as a kid you'd like that, you know fried and sugar and all that and the sal leaf uh, sort of boxes in which the prashad would come and a slightly sweetish yeah. uh, pulao from the puri temple i don't think we went to the temple but we had a lot of food so it's i think it's a little brown in color and it actually melts in your mouth the sweet uh, rice that they make the pulao now, in fact, I uh, like in Puri, the you not only have the sweet khaja, you also get a uh, like a salty one. That is also very nice, and you get like a, a magaj laddu. It, if it's like um, powdered version of, uh, it's like similar to besan laddu. I exactly don't know what the ingredients are, but that laddu is to die for. Like, and and that taste you get only in Puri temple. So I think uh, that reminds me a bit of uh, Punjabis have this thing in North India called chura. So I don't know if you had it, but maybe it's something similar to that. No, chura is not. Chura is very, chura is very comely. I can't imagine a laddu being made out of chura. Chura is like uh, a poha, right? It's not like, it's not that. No, chura is not poha also, but the one which I'm talking of. It's like that okay. dalbati chura and the, you know, it's crushed and, and it's got... Oh, the chura. Uh, yeah, a lot of ghee yes. and... Yes, yes, yes. It's that powder. Yeah, you see yes, that yes. powder kind of a thing? Yeah. Hmm. But it simply melts in your mouth. It's very tasty. So those two things from the Puri Jagannath Temple are like my favorites at least. Yeah. Uh, and Bhuvaneshwar honestly is become more... Like Bhuvaneshwar food is very cosmopolitan in nature. It is like a confluence of everything because of people who've come from outside and settled a lot of uh, North Indian crowd and then... South Indian as well because Andhra is a border yeah. to Orissa. So a lot of those influences are there but uh, I think the Odia script is similar also right? The Andhra script and the Odia script the Telugu script and Odia is it? I don't know no. Okay, uh, okay I know Odia I don't know Telugu script but huh. whatever I've seen of the Telugu script it looks very different to okay, me. Okay then maybe, maybe, maybe I'm completely wrong yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 
but like the uh, typical food of orissa that's made it's usually very uh, high on uh, like nutrition and the flavors are intact we don't play too much in terms of oil or uh, blended spices and stuff mostly use like whole garam masala Mm-hmm. or every dish has got a distinct flavor it's not like you make prepare like a single uh, paste or a garam masala and using everything so each food or each uh, item has got its own flavor whether it's a dal or a, a ghanta tarkari like it's like a mixed veg um then if you have like a besora which is again um, your mustard paste um, and those kind of things influenced in that particular mixed veg so every kind of a dish has got its distinct flavor yeah i, I must say that that when i and we'll come to that later but when i've tried your food like and and each time each dish is uh, uh quite different also tell me a bit about uh, fish because uh, on the one hand there's a fair bit of coastal uh, area in in uh, Uh, or is of course puri is the most famous and i've seen pictures of the beaches nowadays i mean how fabulous are those beaches in uh, uh, puri i mean it doesn't look like india they're so clean uh, i had to act, i had to actually ask the person who posted that is this from some other place he said no it's puri so uh, then uh, so is it more of uh, sea fish or is it more uh, river water fish uh, this thing so my cat baby loves also sitting here He's very interested to know what sort of fish you guys eat. He likes me like chicken. He's not a fish eater. <laughs> oh, is it? I always thought you were sort of like a more of a fish eater than a chicken. No, no, I, I, I'm a meat eater. In fact, a lot of Bengali oh. men uh, prefer meat or eggs to fish. Um, uh, the girls uh, tend to like fish more, um, and and my wife is Parsi and she loves fish, and she likes uh, freshwater fish which. she got introduced to after married to me so it's thanks to her that uh, i buy fish and cook fish of course as i'm growing older i'm also trying to eat more fish because it's it's better but they tell us about the fish in orissa so it's a uh, majority of the fishes are fresh river water fish whether it's uh, like uh, prawns or crabs mostly it is uh, fresh water okay because it's like the sweet taste um, that is different from like we have in the sea water fish so the majority of the population is a fresh water eating uh, fresh water fish eating population this uh, combination of uh, dahi wala aloo dum always sort of uh, confuses me and i'm yet to have it in its uh, proper way because yeah, how can a dahi wala yeah. which is tangy and you know this thing with a aloo dum which is you know so much about garam masala and potatoes and chilies i mean how does the combination work the imagination boggles doesn't the doesn't the potato sort of uh, overwhelm the dahi wala or or does it combine well so uh, i'll give you a little bit of like um, a historical uh, thing of how it actually is eaten in katak so mm-hmm. earlier uh, it was like just in a whole sal patta like a huge sal patta there was this guy his name was ragu and he used to he still considered to be the icon of dahi wada aludam in odisha so you ask anyone about uh, katak uh, and you ask anyone about ragu dahi wada aludam everyone would be knowing about it and he's such an icon you know so he used to just serve these four large chunks of dahi wada one of them used to be sweet everything else is sour one used to be sweet and on that really spicy aludam and it's sprinkled with a little bit of uh, you know finely chopped uh, onions uh, your coriander leaves and um, the mixture like local mixture so katak is also very famous for mixture i miss that part so the farsan oh. basically that yes i i think in jamshedpur also they call it mixture yeah uh, the chana chur so, but they also call it chana chur yes. yeah mixture yeah so he just sprinkles a little bit of that and a little bit of that green chili paste and tamarind water the fiery taste of aludam with that uh, like the water so of the hivadas water watery water like uh-huh. the he that i had shared that last time with yeah. you when i sent it across so it all actually balances so at one end when you eat it's all spice and the other side cools on your palate so it all beautifully comes together you know i wish i could just put all everything together and send it across but by the time it reaches the person it yeah. will become a disaster <laughs> It's always yeah. good, fresh made. Yeah, but but you did that with but the gupchup. With with the gupchup, you gave different comp- components. 
the gupchup is what we call a puchka in calcutta so dongappa uh, and and all that so you get the different components and and towards the end i got my technique right like you know with the spoon with the thumb make the hole and um, uh, yeah. put it in now um have you have you been to calcutta or have you had uh, bengali food um you know yes i have yeah so uh, you know there's uh, always this bit of a debate between odias and uh, bengalis about the you know who whose food is more original i think devi lo salsa joining into the debate i'll just check what he is just just salsa sure. um there's always this bit of a debate that where did the food come from and you know when i write about um, things in my blog over the last so many years like i'd say bengali spice called patch foron or bengali dish called rimachar kaliya or um, you know luchi cholar dal or kosha mangsho and then there would be uh, uh, odia food bloggers who write and saying we have the same dish but it's called this or we also use patch foron we also this way. so um when i try your food it it uh, to me it tastes of home and yet there's a bit of distinctiveness to it and of course when i say home bengal itself like you know whether it's west bengal then it's uh, slightly uh, different east where i come from is slightly different so i think east and assam the plains of assam is closer i think the odia food is slightly closer to what you get in the ghoti west bengal sort of thing but what's what's your take on it uh, what's 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 your take on the influences the rivalry i feel the rivalry is slightly more uh, in from the odia side but that could be because we bengalis have been a bit bossy perhaps <laughs> or bullies i don't know but but uh, bengalis don't seem to be that fort uh, out but odias get very upset yeah i i i mean i agree to that <laughs> maybe may bengali chauvinism bengali chauvinism at that Yeah. Well, um, see, honestly, till like lately, I had never come across a lot of Oriya people who were very, very, um, you know, proud about what they had in terms of their culture, tradition, cuisine. Um, it was more about exploring what the others have and enjoying them. And there's nothing wrong in that. You always should be open in terms of exploring what is there out, right? And that's how you grow. But um, and till the time i was at home i never understood this particular thing of what we have as a community and uh, when i came here to bombay and i saw like a lot of my friends you know especially in tis and i was i think there were only two three of us who were from orissa and everyone else was like either from um, like uh, west bengal or northeast had a very large representation in tis and there we used to have a lot of a of these debates about what food and which kind of food and how everything is influenced unity in diversity diversity everything so i agree that uh, you know bengalis have been very very smart and also aggressive in terms of marketing what they have and oriya people actually understood that very very late it's actually that way because though they had a lot of things which is uh, very very um, rich and indigenous in terms of the culinary cuisine they never understood how to promote it to the larger audience so that's where i think um, the whole benefit came into the <laughs> bengali community maybe to talk more about what they had and i would also not uh, like defy um, the fact that a lot of things are common and a lot of things are similar because we are just across the border you know here and there so there's always a lot of exchange that happens when you are neighbors so yes. that is true. that is true but the only distinction that i find between our bengali food and oriya food is maybe in terms of richness and the way the spices are used in oriya food it's way lesser if you feel that it's more subdued in nature and the uh, vegetable or the meat becomes more of a hero than the flavors whereas in uh, bengali food it's a mix of both we like that nice red looking koshamangsho with that luchi when you talk about a bengali thing and when you talk about a oriya thing it is more oh, like oh listen a, listen let me tell you your koshamangsho was far spicier than any bengali koshamangsho redder than i had kanas loved it i also loved it but i also had to call a fire truck to put water on me but no, but I, i'm so sorry but i loved I it personally <laughs> I personally feel like uh, a little spicier one is way better. 
and because it was like a uh, like a large audience for a pop yeah, up yeah, has to be on a little uh, uh, yes i but if you see about the uh, uh, like a oriya mutton curry with the aloo pieces it is more subdued it's not that uh, not too much of oil that is there and uh, mostly cooked in the mutton fat like the chorbi that you have that chorbi yeah in bengali and in yes. oriya so that chorbi you use you use that chorbi to cook the mutton yes. and not use external oil so that's that's how i think it makes more of a difference yeah so it's oil, it's with uh, mutton with no oil added what can be healthier it's like i i make this bacon hakka noodles with no oil added with the bacon yeah. fat but 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 i think you you made some uh, very interesting points here and um you know before food and all this i studied sociology and i used to be in market research so um oh, i i started What do you do, sociology? I am a graduate in sociology. From where, Calcutta? No, from Bhubaneswar. Okay, okay. So I I I graduated in sociology, but while uh, you went to TIS, and we're going to talk about your story soon. Um, I did my MBA in Calcutta, but TIS was one of the top options. TIS and JNU, if you didn't want to go the business side and D school, and uh, and and then I did uh, went into market research, ANCs, and all that. So I I agree with you. that um, you know i don't think the bengalis consciously marketed but the thing is that there are certain communities like say bengalis in in the west uh, the marwaris the gujaratis the yes. jains who are very um, you know even rajasthanis who are very, very who are, yeah who are very um, i think punjabis just love food so you know <laughs> I, but I, but i think that uh, you know bengalis Gujaratis is that go? They go more into the intricacies of dishes, and you know, there is that. I think Punjabis are more about like having a good time, making sure everyone is well fed, and uh, but Happy but I think that I... yeah, but I think that when it comes to being slightly um, you know proud, bordering on being chauvinistic, that that might be a bit more for Bengalis, Gujaratis, and Marwaris. But the, then what happens is that uh, uh, in in the region. uh there will be uh, you know there will be uh, people like say the uh, people in bihar orissa assam who get sort of uh, eclipsed in in uh, mumbai it would be uh, say the the maharashtrian community which sort of gets uh, eclipsed and therefore this feeling of uh, you know being not done well is is quite uh, justified but i think that uh, you know there are two ways of looking at it one can get into uh, fights on twitter and this that and stuff but then what people like you are doing or my friend uh, amit and her mother in in delhi and and so many people who are now going out and talking about their culture and giving people a chance to experience uh, their culture because that's better i mean you can keep fighting and you know which rasgulla is better this that and there are far better sweets on both sides of uh, you know the border sure. but now <laughs> but now asnia i'm going to come to your story now because uh, foodocracy is also the story of the people behind the food so tell me a bit about your uh, journey to from uh, katok to mumbai what got you here because it's it was not to be a chef was it no <laughs> of course okay. not yes. so katok was like when i was infant in my grandparents house it's bhubneshwar in my grand like paternal grandparents house where i was born and brought up um we, i was brought up in a joint family my like dad he had he is like three there are three brothers and two sisters uh, one sister is in gujarat the other was in calcutta is in calcutta and all these three brothers together so it was like a huge happy joint family and my grandmother used to cook like this much of food every day for everyone of us and it was like lip smacking food everything cooked in pure ghee and the paratha dripped in ghee so that's how i was like you know um brought up and i was the first brought born in the house so um, oh so was i i'm i'm the eldest grandson eldest kid in my oh, family so you know how it works right and especially <laughs> if you're eldest on both the sides so yeah. you're pampered to the core and given <laughs> best of everything world but i always uh, had this thing of exploring what is there outside and um, that's how you know i was pushed to give entrance exams for various uh, professional institutes so i did for jnu as well and i did for tis and i got to tis first 
after having completed my bachelor's, uh, like graduation in sociology from Bhubaneswar. And that was the first time I actually stepped out of home. I had never stayed in a hostel before that. Till then, very happy, go lucky, like feeding on from my parents. So, <laughs> didn't yes. know how much hard work it takes to actually get a meal together. <laughs> True. So, when I came to Bombay, hostel food was very, very good for a couple of days. And then, as usual, it started to suck. I didn't know. I mean, I was like craving home food. And that time, I didn't even have uh, the ways and means of making my own food and eating. Okay. So then when I passed out from this in like about 2009 and after I got a job like in one of the NGOs, I took a house on rent and that's where I started cooking. And that was like basic cooking like a rice dal, like just managing to be honest. I didn't even know how to cook there. And uh, my mom was there like uh, when I joined work my first job she was there and uh, so she, she, has, she came to mumbai she she came to mumbai no she okay she you meant she got, was yeah yeah she was under treatment then oh. uh, she was in Ahmedabad, but she always used to guide me over phone of what to do and how to do so um, and i had like the basic memories with me like you know i used to play this when used to so I always, uh, you know, I used to become Sanjeev Kapoor's replica and ask her questions. Okay, you have to add what you have to add, how much time you have to add, how much time you have to add. I distinctly remember that. This, and, this was uh, as a, this was, this was as a, sorry, the, your Sanjeev Kapoor uh, thing, uh, this was as a kid or when you were in Mumbai, you took this as <laughs> Okay. So no, 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 this was as a kid. Yeah, because she was a fabulous cook and she also, like her side of the family is also huge. So you, we always used to have guests over every weekend, you know. And she used to cook like, again, like my grandmother in huge quantities. And she used, she was very good with Chinese biryani and all those kind of things. Like the, like the exotic kind of food. She never went into sweets or those traditional oh. cooking. Yeah. So that's how, and my incentive, uh, like she used to give me this incentive. If you complete one chapter of your uh, particular subject, then you get to play this with me. <laughs> so, that's okay. how it all started. Um, yes. Yeah. Then she, in, then fast forward to 2009, I, after I was start, you know, after I started living on my, by myself, she used to tell me that you can make this, make that. And that's how it started. And then eventually, uh, like after a couple of months, I lost her to cancer. Mm, then it was like a pause. I didn't uh, cook much. I mean, I don't know. I just managed be, because I have. Yeah, it must have been quite uh, disturbing to lose her at that point. I mean, yeah. Yeah, now that I look back, it, it's like it's never. Um, I mean, mm. you can't like, describe that feeling, to be True. honest. So. Um, it's always that you feel that yeah, you know, if if she's if she was there, that would have been this would have been different or that would have been different. You know, you would have done this and that. But yeah, it's okay. It's life. It happens. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I had my dad and my sister. So it's like we just learn to grow with it. And thankfully, I have a lot of relatives here in Bombay. So my. Okay mom's cousins so most of them made me feel at home and I used to manage my meals there I, I mean I remember and I used, I started cooking for them actually so like slowly steadily I started cooking for them so that's and what brought you then, back that, that's what brought you back into so you'd cook in their yeah. houses when you'd visit them or you'd cook and take food to them both it was both the ways Okay. So it was both the way. And uh, my, my aunt, my Masi, who's my mom's cousin, she's actually, uh, she also encouraged me a lot because they also used to love my mom's food. They told me that, you know, you can try and see if you can, you know, prepare something that's remotely close to what you used to make. <laughs> and that's how it started. And then after a couple of years, and that, that time I was li living in Jogeshwari East. That was near Greenfields. So that's, that's in Mumbai, for People yes. watching from this thing, that's a suburb in Mumbai. Yes. Then I gradually moved to the West and now I live in a very West. Um, and uh, here I built my own circle of friends. Family uh, is already here. My cousins live close by. And um, we started having these weekend, um, you know, potlucks. And 
that's how I started cooking. And then someone introduced me to WTF Varsova, which where I hold my pop-ups now. And um, I had made some mutton curry at home that day and I it was a lot. And because I have been drawn and born and brought up in a joint family, I don't know the concept of cooking less. That's a big <laughs> challenge for me. So even if it is just my sister and me at home, I cannot get something which is less than a kilo. So, so this is like the light, <laughs> uh, like what we call the mangshur jol in Bengal with the potatoes. Yeah. It's actually Bengali food yeah. also, like, you know, if it's in a restaurant, then it can be quite heavy. But especially from the eastern side and all that, it's it's not, I must say a bit of that in defense of my clan, that it's not that our food is <laughs> that heavy or, or on, uh, on spices. A little bit of defense I must uh, do, I must uh, do. Uh, now, your uh, first pop-up, Sneha, you were saying was at uh, uh, WTF. So, uh, please tell us a bit about that. I, I know that the original brands uh, was in Bandra. And, um, in fact, someone called Kishore, who was our uh, neighbor in one of them, uh, he was one of the owners or partners. But this, the is, the, this is the Andheri one? Yes, so he, he's the owner of this one as Kishore. well. Yeah, we were neighbors. Very, very nice guy. Very, very friendly person. Uh, what does us? I think he opened in card, then this thing. Um, but WTF, I think, stands for something else, not uh, what we uh, think it stands for, right? Yes, it's what's the food. That's hmm. what the tagline is. What's the food? Yes, 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 yes. yes. So tell me how did uh, so uh, just for people to understand that uh, you were you were and still are in a corporate career. So you you you've not like uh, become like a full chef or restaurateur. So you're, you're also working, right? And then even when WTF happened, uh, and, and you work in the social sector, if, if I... Yes, uh, okay. that's right. And, 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 uh, and I remember in your social media handle, you also uh, describe yourself as a feminist. And, so that's, <laughs> yeah, so um... tell us a bit about that before we get into uh, mutton curry. But but what does what what does feminism mean for you? Like for example, when I'm doing uh, foodocracy for her, then it is um, to show uh, the work which is um, happening out there and and uh, women as uh, professionals and more probably from that part, uh, probably because it's, it's a guy's perspective. But tell me what does, uh, does what does it mean to you? Because it's a, a serious topic, okay, and you uh, are the next generation. So actually, for me, um, feminism always was equality between both the genders. It's not like that uh, because I'm a woman, I'm superior, or because you're a man, you're superior. Nothing like that. And I somehow, from like very early, um, you know, days, from my younger days, in fact, I always uh, felt that uh, I am equally capable as any other uh, friend, a male friend of mine is, or a cousin. So we are just two sisters. We don't have a brother. But I never had this feeling from my parents that I am any less from the other one. That is one, that like both the genders are equal. That is what I believe. However, there is a other set of people who feel that women are, women should be given more uh, exposure or rights or everything in terms of what is being offered to men. That is other. So, but for me, that is what feminism starts for. It's not like that uh, because I'm a woman, I should be given something which is more. I think I should have equal opportunities of what is being given by given to anyone else. Um, so that is what I strongly believe in. I think I, th I think the people who come from the context that uh, the something more side, which you were saying, probably come from the context that uh, you know centuries of deprivation um, in in different sense, whether it's economic, health, uh, social, or whatever. So probably a bit of uh, adjustment for that. But of course, that's that's a heavier and more uh, serious topic and I think that's where we need to wear our sociology uh, hats and perhaps foodocracy for her might not be able to do justice to that so let's get back to uh, Mangshur Jol so what do you guys call Mangshur Jol first of all what do you call Kasha Mangshur what is Mangshur Jol in Noria? So in uh, so Mangshur Tarkari is what we call the Mangshur Jol in Noria and we also use a lot of like large chunks of potato with the skin on it and we yes. love yes. the skin same, same so the skin world. has a real taste of the potato and the gravy you know holds you know it's it's also said that a lot of uh, in the in the last century and early uh, you know 19th 20th century um, uh, a lot of the prominent rich 
Bengali households, the chefs would come with from Odisha because they were considered to be the most skilled. Even now, the Bandra Durga Bari, uh, sorry, the Bandra Durga Pujo, the chef, uh, Mr. Govindo, uh, he is uh, an Odia. So probably that's where a lot of Odia influence came into uh, Bengali homes. But now tell us about uh, WTF and, and your first pop-up. How did the, even the thought come? How did the opportunity come? So uh, Prashant, who co-manages the Andheri West, um, you know, outlet here in Varsova, uh, along with Kishore, I had taken some months of Tarkari to WTF just for my group of friends to, you know, taste. And so it, it was, was a hangout, is it? That uh, no, WTF it's was a hangout. It's my hangout. <laughs> okay. It so your central part. Started. <laughs> it just started to be my hangout then. This is about, I think, four years ago that I'm talking about. So I've taken some of it and he tasted it and he's like, um, you made it yourself? I said, yeah. He's like, what else do you make? Um, everything, fish, prawns, whatever you say. I mean, normal, regular home food. So then he's like, would you like to uh, do a pop-up? I said, what's a pop-up? I didn't know what a pop-up was till then, you know. Pop-up. Uh, so he's like, uh, basically, I will give you my place for one afternoon for you to make your own menu your own uh, dishes, your ingredients, everything. I'll just, um, I'll just host it in this particular event. It's like, okay, great. Till then I had uh, like uh, myself cooked till about for 20 people. I had not, not gone beyond 20. Like that was my threshold. And 20 is quite and a lot. I, I don't think I've ever cooked for 20. <laughs> Max cooked for 10, maybe 10 or 10. So then, um, this whole thing came and I was like, how many people are you expecting? Like, um, you can do 100, 150. I was like, 100, 150? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, is that a problem? I said, no, just that, um, you know, I am an amateur chef. I have never gone to a culinary school. It's just like, oh, everything is in my memory. I've not even written down how much, how much pinch of salt, how much sugar, how much turmeric. I don't have those things written. Uh, he's like not required. You just go be yourself and cook from your heart, like the way you would cook <laughs> in your kitchen. Just do it that way. So that's how we did, and the first one turned out to be a very big hit. I got some, uh, you know, one, one twenty-five people, and I was very. That's happy a that's it. a large number, huh? by the way. One twenty-five. <laughs> I think it's a fairly large number. Yeah, and um, I was very excited. Because uh, for me, the larger kick was seeing people enjoy the food, you know. Till that time, it was mostly my friends and family who I know and who are bound to talk good about my food. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, this, at, at a setting when you don't know people and they're all strangers, they have yeah. the right to criticize you as well. And, and they're paying. Uh, and they're paying for the food. Yes, because they are paying, they're paying, they have the right to criticize you. Yes. <laughs> Um, I was very and, uh, But how did you manage? Like, did you work along with the chefs and cooks in uh, WTF? Uh, was Prashant a chef yes. or like how, how did it happen? No, Prashant is a pure foodie. He, he's not a ah. chef. So, okay. uh, but the way we planned it is I worked with the chef about a week in advance. Trying the recipes out, like each, each recipe each day. So that they understand my style of cooking and I understand their style of cooking. And that's how we do it. Uh, so the best thing is they would not do what they have learned. They would go by what I tell them. Oh, very nice. That's how, that's how the taste differs from... Uh, otherwise, if they throw in their style, it will yeah. change into a restaurant-style food, which is not yeah. what people would come in for. Um, but uh, it's just that uh, like the level of spice or sugar is just maintained as for how much it should be when cooked in bulk. Otherwise, mm. everything else is done as... I would do at home. So they wouldn't throw in their expertise into it. So I, I want to ask you, like when you did your uh, first pop-up, um, how did you feel? Like were there memories of the time with your uh, late mom where you do the role play and little Sneha would be, uh, you know, Sanjeev Kapoor, the chef, and teaching her? Uh, would, would those memories uh, come to you? Or how, how was it? How did your dad feel? How did your sister feel? Uh, was it uh, like a special moment for you guys? Well, uh, 
one thing I must say, my dad doesn't live, he lives in Indonesia, but every time there is a pop-up, he makes it a point to fly down. Oh, wow. He comes with ingredients from Bhubaneswar because he knows there are a lot of things which not which would not be available here. For so example? I call for a lot of stuff from home. So like whether it's um, like the ambulo that is the dried mango. I don't huh. get it here. I call it from there. And then um, I would call for all my spices. The ground masala from there because there's a particular shop from there my mother used to buy from. Where they used to make fresh masalas, whether it's garam mm. masala or any kind of masala. So I still call for the spices from there. Whether it's the body, the the body that you call in uh, Bengali. The, also. Bo- the body. So, the body. We call it yes. body. <laughs> yeah. So that also I call from home. Um, so all those things, whether so all those things he carries, very sweet to carry them in the flight and come here. This time I actually asked not to go because of you know COVID restrictions. I didn't want him to fly, but he couriered me the stuff. He sent uh, me the stuff right before time to be used for the pop up. Like I have uh, Bengali friends of mine uh, who are far more serious about uh, the authenticity than I am because I learned my cooking actually in Bombay, and my mom's a Delhi Bengali, so I I do with whatever's around. But I have friends who will only get their posto from uh, specific shops in Calcutta, their gur, their shorshetel, their chal, their shona moong dal. So I guess uh, someone like you who's uh, more serious about your food than I am uh, would uh, sort of do that. And and what about like your, your mom's memories? I mean, how did that... Yeah, uh, so feel? when the first time I did this, I was, um, um, I was very nervous, to be honest, because I had never done it before. And I just remembered of how she would have... Uh, how she used to do when she used to cook for a large number of people when guests used to come home at our place and um, and and just recollected those memories you know because like I said I had not written down the recipes or the processes so every time I used to approach a particular dish it was instinctive it is not like and with me the thing is even if it is instinctive instinctive the taste has to remain constant it can't change so, so in a way, it's the legacy of your 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 mom, uh, other members in your family, your grandmom. But at the end of it, this is also Sneha's food because this is coming out of your hand. So it's, yeah, I mean, it's all the tradition, it's all the legacy, it's all the DNA and the genes. But uh, finally, it's what Sneha puts out there, right? So it's, I yeah, mean, I you, mean you, you're, you're taking it forward for for your generation, and and you know, you're taking it out of Orissa. So I mean that. Yeah. How does that feel? That that to be a sort of uh, ambassador in a sense for your state's food in in a city which is at the other end. Is Mumbai the only place where you've done pop up so far? Yes. So how does that feel? Like Orissa is, you know, like uh, you know, 40, 48 hour train ride away. You know, airlines don't sort of do. Yeah. And then you're here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Calcutta used to be like forty hours. But Bombay out of there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And and to be an ambassador, how does that feel? Oh, it feels great actually. The first time I did, um, see, like I had, I have shared this with you earlier as well, right? I couldn't. The reason I did this is because I couldn't find a single Oriya restaurant in Bombay. Yeah, I know there are tons of Oriya cooks, uh, and they work for uh, Bengali restaurants here in Bombay. I am yes, aware of yes, that. Not, yes, not yes. only Bengali restaurants, but they work for other restaurants also. But yes. somehow, they, uh, somehow there is not a single Oriya restaurant that I found in Bombay specifically. And when I did this, uh, this was surprisingly picked up by like Mumbai Mirror midday, and uh, it's like just picked up. I had I had never contacted anyone like in terms of uh, marketing or publicity. So all somehow organic. Just, all organic. All organic. Oh, all organic. I, I, I saw uh, Harsh tweeted on uh, Twitter about your latest. Uh, uh, thing. Yeah, actually, I should thank you for that because I oh. think post your Condenas Traveler piece, that's when oh. he noticed and wow. he got in touch with me. Okay. So I should actually thank you for your, okay. uh, you know, for you for featuring me in that particular. Uh, no, no, hey, it is my, my my pleasure, my pleasure. <laughs> he actually got in touch with me after that, saying that I saw I saw you were featured in that article, and I would love to oh. try some Moria food like. Like he said, when he was growing up in Calcutta, 
all of his books were Oriya, and yeah. that's how he has also fond memories of uh, his childhood with Oriya food. Uh, Now you need to cook for Sanjeev Kapoor. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> because of all those memories of you know, and and then you have to go and tell him like Namak Swad or Nusar. So don't put any salt. Yes, yeah, she's she's branded that. Yes, um, you did more. You did a few more pop-ups after that, right? Uh, after yes, first... and after that, uh, because it uh, turned out to be a very big hit, and people were very happy with it, and the authenticity that was uh, with the taste and everything. I have done about six pop-ups now in the last uh, three years, and so, uh, uh, apart so from Sneha, Sneha, when you said authenticity, what is your feel like? What percentage of people who ate your food are Odia, and how many are non-Odia? Forget Bengali, Bihari, or some. Well, I agree with you. Like when I eat food of Bihari, uh, food like Rasna Prasad's, or when I had Assamese food from the plains when I went to Guwahati, and both at the house of Pushpanjali and Mitali. There's a sort of continuum to the food of the East, but uh, but Mumbai is of course uh, a cosmopolitan city. So, what proportion of your customers are Odia? What because the others don't know authenticity. Yeah? I think it's thirty percent, thirty percent non Odias and seventy percent Odia population. Really, really. Yeah. So seventy percent Odia people were willing to go, and and you know I'm I'm sure pop up would be at a Decent amount of sum to pay because I mean that's how it becomes viable. So they are willing yeah. to go and and try that food and support, uh, you know, yes. a home girl. That's that's lovely. And I must give I you this. Uh, now I must give you this uh, little example from my home case study. So as you know, I'm I'm married to a Parsi. Uh, now Kenas over the years we've been married for like 19 years. She's had a fair bit of Bengali food uh, thanks to us, and she quite likes it, and 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 she loves the food. So even. We've had a food three or four times: veg, non-veg, street food, puja food, uh, you know everything. Dahi uh, pakala, this that, and and even last time she's when she was having the mutton the second day, and I was perspiring. Though it is lovely, and I was saying I love this girl's food. So so she was connecting to it, but that day my mom-in-law was there and she's not really, you know, understood much about Bengali food. I mean normal, I mean uh, this thing, but uh, she was also enjoying. So what I feel like. You know when you said authenticity, and I was speaking with uh, Sherry um, in the last food recipe for episode, she chose the word realism or real food over authenticity, and I think that that is a very good thing because you know when when I eat your food and that of many other home chefs, uh, maybe whose cuisines I might not be that familiar with, it it gives you that feeling of this is the sort of food which is cooked in someone's home. Now whether this is The authentic Odia food or not? I don't know because there'll be so many layers to Odia food. But uh, so you did you did you did um, uh, six pop-ups in three years, all in WTF? No, so one uh, one was in another place, another restaurant, oh. but in the vicinity itself, uh, they invited me over to do a pop-up like a Sunday so lunch. So with with each subsequent rest. one, uh, did you get more confident, or were there fresh challenges every time? Well, every time I cook, I feel it's a fresh challenge because with food, anything can go go wrong any time. So you cannot be complacent and you cannot be like comfortable. Okay, I have done this five times. Sixth time, be it like that. No, it doesn't work okay. out that way. Okay, I want to ask. I, I want to ask you a question, which I'm sure a lot of people are thinking about. So uh, you know, I I started blogging in 2007, which was 12, 13 years back or whatever. And at that time, I was working, uh, you know, in the corporate world, market research. And then after a few years, I, I, you know, I was in touch with Simon Majumdar, who's written the foreword for my book, um, Britisher, who's now in the U.S. And I told him that, you know, I want to write a book, so should I just quit my job and write a book? So he told me that no, hold on. And he was originally from the publishing industry, so he said that the way the world is now, you can actually sort of do your job. And 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 explore your your um, things, whether it's writing, cooking, whatever. And because he said that maybe uh, you know you might be under a lot of financial pressure if you want to leave your main job, and then maybe you might not be able to follow it to your heart's content. So I want to ask a bit about this to you because there might be so many people out there like you who are doing their jobs or businesses or professions or whatever, and and they like to cook and they're seeing stories of people who are now. Leaving that aside, and are becoming full-fledged 
uh, home shares. Like Sherry, for example, she's she's setting up her uh, her business, and you know, Justine's also doing that, and so many of say. So, what is your take about you know work life and cooking and balancing it? Do you feel tempted? Do you at some point want to move there? I mean, unless you don't want to say it here and your boss is hearing. <laughs> Not too many people watch this, so it's okay. No, no, I would like it's, I would it's love for as many people to watch it. That's fine. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, a lot of people have told me that you should you should just start a restaurant or like yeah, uh, take yeah. up a cloud kitchen. Um, but I somehow haven't got into that whole thing of leaving a corporate job which gives me a salary at the end of the month, which helps me to pursue this passion. Uh, and you do this full time, um, maybe someday in the future for sure, because uh, my my love for food is like beyond the love for anything else in this world. I Even if I'm sleeping, I dream about good food. That's what I do. And I would someday for sure would like to take this up as a full time, uh, you know, work or job or career maybe. Right now, I haven't uh, thought of it. I'm very happy with this whole, um, honestly, work from home is great for me <laughs> because I get time to explore new things in terms of what more can I cook and how can I, you know. Um, and all those breakfasts you're doing, all those fabulous breakfasts which you're doing and putting on Twitter. Yeah, I follow your series. I mean, I've made that finely chopped series. Yeah, thank, you know? thank you so much. I mean, most flattered. <laughs> That's a, you know whatever little uh, you know I can share from my life with you, and and um, you know I mean you will have your own path. But you know there were a lot of people who would tell me the same thing that you know leave your job and get into food writing, and I felt the same thing as you, which is that uh, you know we all you know in the east whether it's Orissa, Bengal, we might fight about the Rasgulla, but we all largely come from a more service-oriented race than entrepreneur like the Gujaratis or the Marwaris and all these guys. So we like security, we like our this thing. So uh, even like you, um, like people would say that, but you know, it's it's finally your life. So you need to do what you are comfortable with because finally you'll have to run it. And uh, I just feel, and I've seen that from my experience that um, if, if this is something which you want to do, like in, in your case, like um, I'm guessing to cook and feed people. Uh, in my case, it was writing food storytelling. Then, um, you know, things will happen. So don't, um, and probably you don't, but, <laughs> but don't don't stress too much about it. Just, you know, focus on your job, which I'm sure you do because yesterday uh, we had to cancel our interview because a meeting came up. No problem with that. It's, it's good because it shows your focus on your job. But I think that uh, things will happen. You know, don't, don't, uh, and, and it's your life. So, you, you know, you, others can say a lot of things and they, they mean well, but. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, they mean well. Uh, Everyone actually, means well. But. Like on the contrary, my entire family is a business family. No one has done a okay. job. <laughs> okay. You're the black sheep. The black I sheep am the only the one. And after me, it is my sister, my younger sister, who is also working. She works for India Infoline Services. So both of us are like, uh, you know, salaried people. Otherwise, my, my dad, he has his own business. My grandfather was... Um, he, he was an independent uh, contractor. He used to work on government contracts. So no one in our family actually <laughs> did uh, jobs, jobs as such. But I always was very happy with this thing of, okay, end of the month, I'm going to get this much salary and I'm going to spend it in this much fashion. I was very happy. And I enjoy my job also. So I did my MSW from TIS and I, I was very happy working in the NGO sector and then later in the CSR space for corporates helping them. And at the same time, explore my love for like, you know, cooking and, and actually spreading my love and care through food. So my kick is, okay, people who are eating my food should be happy and should feel contented. Okay, I had such a great meal and I can sleep well now. <laughs> no, so that's how we feel when you have your food. That's very happy, very contented. We sleep well. And that's what I also want that, you know, when people interact with my writing or interviews or whatever, if it just leaves them feeling a bit uh, happy. I think that that's uh, a job well done. And I think you've got a very nice combination of, um, you know, uh, sociology, social welfare, um, and your interest in food. I think they can come together. Like, for example, like, uh, I, I strongly believe that my 
uh, training in sociology. In fact, the way I look at food, because for me, I look at food from the lens of culture. You can look at food from the lens of recipe, history, science, like for example, this uh, Krisha Shok's uh, book uh, recently, which is on the science of Indian food. What um, attracts me about food is the culture and, and, and society, which is what, so I think that this combination of uh, sociology, social welfare uh, and food can take you into directions which you would never have uh, thought of. Like uh, just uh, sharing like one very small example uh, in December, like June last four, five months, I was home in Bhubaneswar because of lockdown, you know, and uh, I went to my maternal uncle's um, place. It is in Mayudhbanj district of Orissa, which is like one of the tribal areas. If you would have heard about the recent Simlipal uh, fires in the forest. Okay. Yeah. So uh, the fire, forest fire that happened. So we yes, had visited yes. there. So that is very close to my maternal uncle's house. There I ate something which was prepared by a group of self-help group for tribal women. Okay, yeah. And it was made up of this um, um, country chicken. And uh, it was um, it was nothing. It was just country chicken cut into small pieces, marinated in mustard oil and some uh, local spices. They smoked it on fire. Below, actually, they put one layer of fire. On that, they put some, uh, like, uh, burning coal and they smoked it on that coal. And they opened the leaf and they changed it to a fresh leaf. They garnished it with fresh uh, onions. And, and it's, I mean, some simple masala, only salt and red chili powder. And it tastes so good. A group of small tribal self-help group women. And the food is amazing. Imagine. Wow. So it's all about the culture, tradition, everything that is local, indigenous to that particular region, which is totally unexplored. If it comes to mainstream, I'm sure a lot of people will be blown away by the taste and flavor that they bring in. I can imagine because, you know, when I went to um, Assam a couple of years back, I'd uh, been invited yeah. to this Manas Spring Festival at Manas, which is this uh, forest reserve and where Mitali Dutt uh, was working with the local Bodo tribal women uh, and, and showcasing their food. So, you know, there's there's so much uh, unexplored. So, you know, um, as we're coming towards the end of this uh, lovely chat, I want to ask you um, a bit about the lockdown because you went home, then you came back to Mumbai, uh, then your pop-ups were not happening, so you started doing a bit uh, out of form and you did the Oriya Bhoji menus till you finally again had a pop-up uh, very recently. So, um, you know, it's we've been almost a year in the pandemic. So what has this period taught you? Um, you know, and what is your feeling now? What's your state of mind now? Well, honestly, 2020 was uh, very, very uh, good in terms of learning experiences for me. Uh, until that, I had not explored so much in terms of home deliveries at such a large scale to people hmm. who would be uh, so much appreciative of uh, the food delivered at their doorstep at that particular point in time, like, you know, restaurants were not there and all that. And also the fact that there's, we got so much, um, so little in life just to be happy, just either by like doing things that you really enjoy doing. I mean, being home indoors also can give you a lot of uh, pleasure, a lot of happiness. Also the opportunity to learn new things because you get to spend quality time not only with the people you uh, love or your family, also with yourself. Because so you are, especially for us in Bombay, you know, we are always running against time, traveling, going to work, in the traffic. I think lockdown taught me to slow down, to relook at things and actually see what I want from life and things that I enjoy. So I, a lot of years ago, I used to dance Odyssey and I had lost touch because I didn't find time to practice. Actually, lockdown gave me time to get back yeah. to dancing and get back to practicing. It gave me time to learn new recipes, to try out recipes. I think I'm very thankful for this whole year that, you know, actually nature gave us time to stop and think. Though it's a pandemic and I'm very sad for people who have been impacted adversely but I think it's a way of nature telling us don't take me for granted there is a lot for everything for everyone but everyone should know how to use it in a very um, a judicious yeah, manner. No I think very 
very wisely said. I think it's bittersweet, bitter because of all the loss in life, livelihood, everything. But also, I think that the lessons which it has left us with, the time it has given uh, to our uh, selves. So, uh, Sneha, what next? What 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 are your plans uh, going ahead? Or are you taking each day as it uh, comes? I think, uh, I mean, I would surely go on doing home deliveries on a regular basis now that I have started doing them. And I do like very limited orders because I want to just do justice to the quality of food that I deliver to people. And uh, like you said, the realism or the authenticity in terms of uh, the taste and uh, also see how the whole pop-up thing spans out and maybe you know, grow it with time. Beautiful. I'm just so, happy um, that uh, people, more and more people should know what, uh, you know, how, what the Oreo food is all about. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that um, once they know about it, they love the food. No, I'm, I'm sure they will because it's, it's brilliant and, and the food which you present per se is so brilliant because I'm sure not, uh, you know, uh, it's it's not just about Oreo food, but it's also about Sneha's food. So, so, so thanks Sneha so much for joining in and, so and talking so candidly from your life and about uh, the heritage of your wonderful uh, state and and uh, and about your entrepreneurship and, and your balance between that and, and that your work life. So folks, uh, especially if you're in Mumbai and you uh, want to try out uh, Oriya food, then uh, hit up uh, Sneha. Her uh, Instagram page is uh, <coughs> Ras Sassi, right? Yes. <coughs> yes. So, so uh, uh, she's on Instagram as Ras underscore Sassi, or just type of Sneha Senapati. Uh, so if, yes. if you're in Mumbai or if you're anywhere in the world and want to order food for people in Mumbai and Oriya food, uh, hit her up uh, and, and uh, things. And, and also um, for folks who are watching, please uh, um, you know, share this video because uh, the entire idea of doing these interviews is for these stories to be uh, heard and seen by as many because they're very, very uh, inspirational. So it, it really depends on uh, your sharing it. But thanks, thanks Neha, thanks for your time. It was lovely chatting with you. So much, same here. Thanks, take care, stay well, bye. Thanks, bye.